This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show. I have two very special guests with me, Emma and Stephen Biggs. Good morning, Charlie. Yeah, good morning. Thanks well, for having us on the show. Again, welcome back. You guys, it was middle of winter when you were here. Yes. Emma's book had just been published, and you were on a worldwide book tour, I believe. That's right. <laughs> How's that been going? Been good. It's been busy, but a lot of fun. That's good. That's good. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about your book and what you're doing in your garden, but I do want to just tell our listeners, Frank is not here today. He did have his surgery yesterday. I spoke with him last night. We've been texting already this morning, and I'll be seeing him after the show. So he's doing well. He. He sounded a little a little um, hoarse last night on the phone, but then again, he had just basically woken up from surgery. So, but uh, he, as he said in his text, he's still kicking. <laughs> so, looking forward to having him back. But it's so happy to have you here. In the meantime, because it's kind of lonely to do this show by myself. You know, we're happy to be with you. <laughs> All right. So, Stephen, if you wouldn't mind, could would you read the phone numbers for people if they'd like to give yes. us a call and ask particularly questions about vegetables, tomatoes being, I think, Emma's real specialty. Mm-hmm. But we're pretty broad based here, so we're happy to tackle any question you might have. A little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. So the number is 416-360-0740, or if you'd like toll-free, it's 1-866-740-4740. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And I will just quickly mention as well, Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting free concerts in the garden Thursday nights. You said you had been to one a couple of weeks ago? We went to one a couple of weeks ago and it was fantastic. It was, Because eh? you're out in the open courtyard and the sun is setting, there's flowers all around, a beautiful evening. Yeah, it's it a fantastic. beautiful place. Beautiful yeah, music in the garden. It doesn't yeah. really get better than that, does it? No. And as well, right now, Zim Sculpt is on, so then you're surrounded by sculpture as well. Yes. You're in a sculpture garden with music all around you. So this coming up Thursday, uh, 7 o'clock, August the 1st, Payadora Tango Ensemble. It's a four-piece band of musicians. They've performed at numerous sold-out shows, including St. Lawrence Centre for the Arts, Harbourfront Centre, Toronto Music Festival, the Jazz Bistro, the TD Toronto Jazz Festival, and for the Canadian Opera Company's World Music Series. So that uh, sounds like a lot of fun. It's Argentinian, Uruguayan tango and folk music and original compositions. Uh, so rain or shine, this concert takes place. There's good food there because there's the farmer's market. The cafe is open. Bring a chair. Did you bring yeah, chairs? Uh, we took chairs because one time uh, last year we went late uh, and there were no chairs. So take chairs. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. And the the cafe that I, we could just see the barbecue in the background and smell all the delicious mm. smells. So there's good food there. Too. Yeah, there is for sure. Um, Royal Botanical Gardens is hosting something fun. It's the Enchanted Garden Weekend. So that is next Saturday, August the 3rd through to Monday the 5th, every day, 11 to 4 o'clock in the Rock Garden. It's uh, it's all about um, collecting people together. It's the calling all gnomes 
fairies, pixies, and sprites. Make your way to RBG, where a touch of magic awaits you. Meet mystical creatures, participate in delightful activities, and learn the secrets of the RBG Enchanted Garden. Uh, there, this is a ticketed events event, so for more information, rbg.ca. Like that place. Before Toronto Botanical Gardens in, was invented, uh, and it was just Edwards Gardens, used to go to Royal Botanical Gardens all yeah. the time. Oh, and, and, and it's such a, a big, diverse garden. They've got yeah. such an amazing land huge. base there. Huge, huge, huge. So listen, we'll take a quick break for our sponsors to have their word, and we'll come right back. We have Lorraine on the line and see what she's got to ask us about decorative grasses. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yep, we're here in the studio and I have special guests, Emma. Biggs and her dad, Stephen Biggs. Hey. So both of them are here to help me just in case you get some tough questions. So thank you so much for coming in. And let's go and see what Lorraine would like to ask us. She's calling from Cambridge. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi, good morning to you too. Um, I have two tall grasses. One's 10 feet, one's 12. Now the 12 foot one only grew about four feet this year. I guess that was because of the strange late uh, cold maybe. But um, somehow I managed to notice that both of them don't have any growth in the middle and the oh. center. They just grow outside. Now, when you look at, we're looking at it from the, you know, just looking at it generally, mm-hmm. they look full, they look yeah. fine. But it's I empty. If this is a normal growth or is this something I just lately noticed? Yeah, so if you were a bird looking down, it would look like a donut. Uh, yes, yes. Empty in the center. Totally normal. Totally normal. Oh, happens. Okay. It's because the old, old growth is now dead yes. and all the new growth is on the outside of the root ball that's uh, buried under the ground. So properly, what do we do, Stephen, with that kind of a yeah, situation? Yeah, so Lorraine, I have a a clump of perennial daisies right now, and it's the same thing. The center is dead, oh, okay. and and after a few years, the the center will die out. And I go in in the fall, and I'll chop that into three or four pieces, and uh, I'll leave one in the current spot and give the rest away to friends. Mm-hmm. And oh. and that new clump now will will take over. So it's good to go in and divide the perennials because you get such dense growth in the center that the center will die out. And uh-huh. so just go so in and split. I, it. Should this will this grass grow wider? Ultimately, Again? yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to, when you, as Stephen suggested, you do that digging in the fall, you're going to chop with your sharp shovel or a sharp knife and keep the green outer edge live part, put that back in the ground. And you could certainly, if you have a big enough garden, put more clumps in other parts of your garden or give it away. But, okay. uh, and then that clump will again, uh, two, three, four years get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden now you've got the dead in the center again, four or five years later. Okay. Then thank you. Ongoing. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Uh, alrighty. Let's see what Brenda's got to say. She's calling from Dundas. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Um, I have the same or a similar problem. I have a heuchera, a caramel colored Mm, nice. Yeah. I've had it a few years. It's lifting itself up out of the ground, mm-hmm. and it's got little clumps around it which are also lifting up. What do I do? Well, they're pretty shallow-rooted plant. I find that they do pretty much sit on the surface. I mean, you can mulch helps. Mm-hmm. 
keeps the moisture around the base of the plant. It is, it, it's an interesting plant because it's got like a real tuberous root and stem that sits above ground. And it's, most of them are what we call semi evergreen. So they will, throughout the winter, stay pretty much exactly what they look like mm. in the summer. And then we just yeah. clean them up a bit in the spring. At that time, you could, I, I often will put a little bit of compost around the hookah just to get a little bit of protection. Yeah, I, I did that a little bit. I yeah. took out all the stuff underneath. Yeah. It yeah, they do look funny, though. You see these stems sticking up. And, yeah. and we have a lot of straw compost in our garden. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tuck some of that around and it looks a little bit nicer. And <laughs> it keeps it nice and moist for the roots. Yeah. Okay, so what do I... These little clumps that are around, somebody told me you can <clears throat> replant them somewhere else. Sure, you can. You oh, can easily okay. sever any of those little baby hookera that have grown off the mother plant. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's the mother and then there's the little shoot and then there's a little clump of a, of a small plant. Yeah. We call them daughter plants. Never sons, just daughters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so, so would I do that in the spring or the fall? Or do either, the fall? either. Spring or fall. Yeah. Just don't do it at this time of year in high school. No. I know. I was just saying to Stephen, I'm digging stuff out of my garden. Uh, I've, I grabbed that cool day we had there. Was it Wednesday? It was, mm-hmm. you know, only 25 degrees instead of 30 degrees to <laughs> dig and uh, pot up raw jersey, a um, bunch of interesting shrubbery and stuff out of my garden because I'm moving and I'm taking plants with me. So not recommended to do that no. in this time, this kind of temperatures. So, so mulch it up a bit yeah. and take the babies out. Yeah, anytime. Just it. sever them with a set of pruners and then replant yeah. them anywhere in your garden or share them with your friends. And when, yeah. you're, when you're digging them up, the more soil you get with them, the better. There's the better. It, okay. more likely right. to do well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Keep the roots covered. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Let's see if we can fit in one more caller. We have Nancy calling from Burlington. Good morning, Nancy. Uh, good morning, Charlie. <clears throat> I have um, a Jap- original Japanese maple. I was um, fairly severely damaged in that horrible ice storm we had about four years ago mm-hmm. uh, and it never I finally never made it but uh, it I didn't realize it but it's grafted so I have a new uh, maple but of course it's not a red maple it's just a green maple my question is that uh, it's going uh, growing much faster than the red maple and it's in an area that I need to keep it trimmed uh, can I can I uh, cut it back and and form it into a a reasonable sized um, small tree, uh, as opposed to just letting it grow. Oh, absolutely! Remember, you are the boss. <laughs> I know. I like to say that. I, 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 run, Nancy, I, run I took out a I took out a Japanese maple that was starting to shade my vegetables because they're <laughs> my priority. So yeah, yeah. You can remove, but you can also prune. But the thing is, if it's a really vigorous uh, green Japanese maple, I guess you'll have to wait and see if it's if it's ornamental enough to keep it. Like if it gives you some great fall color or something like that, you won't probably want to keep it. But if it's just some fast growing green you know, green shrub that you're going to be out there with your chainsaw every month or so, you might say, hmm, this plant is really more trouble than it's worth and consider replacing it with something that's, again, got that ornamental value spring, summer, fall, and winter. So it's really giving something back to you. So don't hesitate. Again, weather dependent. Never prune in the rain and avoid the real hot. This time of year, we do very light pruning on plants, nothing dramatic. Fall and uh, spring, you can do much more dramatic pruning, as much as a, as a as much as a third of the plant can be removed in the spring or the fall, but now not not that dramatic. Uh, can I 
I know that uh, July is basically the end of, of pruning time, but I don't think I can let it go through a winter because it's, a lot of the branches are, are uh, long and spindly. Oh, no, definitely get on it this September. As soon as the weather okay. gets a little bit cooler, feel free to be quite radical in September or early October. Uh, like I said, as much as a third can be removed at that yeah. time. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Quick break, and then we're right back. And look, Emma. The next caller, Margaret's calling in about tomatoes. tomatoes. (laughs) This is Emma's specialty, so she's going to get a chance to jump in here. We'll be right back right after this. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And we're here right back where we were in the studio. I've got Emma and Stephen Biggs with me. Thank you again for coming in. Emma, would you please share the phone numbers for people that haven't put this into their memory or speed dial yet? Yeah, if if you have questions, you can call in at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. A lot of 740s in there. (laughs) All righty. Let's go to our caller who's calling from St. Catharines. We have Margaret on the line. Good morning, Margaret. Hello. Uh, Thank you very much. We listen to your show. Love it. I'll give you some quick information on my tomato. Last year, I had problems with my tomatoes. They had dark, uh, fairly large dark spots on the bottom that ruined the tomato. Mm -hmm. So this year, I decided I was going to get a larger pot. I did. It's about 24 by 24. This is growing on my patio. Now, this year, and and I cleaned everything right out. I put nothing but organic soil in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, uh, my plant now looks like a small bush. (laughs) It's about two and a half feet tall, plus two and a half feet wide. I've got tons of tomatoes. Same problem again. Once in a while, I have a tomato there that is edible. Most of them, even when they're green, have this big black Yucky looking spot. Yes. All right. Emma is our tomato expert, and I think she'd like to take on answering your question. I think it may be blossom end rot. Are you guys thinking yeah. the same thing? Same, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. so blossom end rot is a calcium deficiency, and so basically means that the plant get, can't get to all the calcium in the soil, and it's because it doesn't have enough water. So it may mean that your pot may be drying out too quickly, so you can water it more often. I, or, have been po- I was afraid that I was putting too much water on it. Mm. I have been watering it like crazy. It's been hot. I assume your pot has drainage holes? Yes, it does. Okay, good. So you want to water till, if, I'm just going to interject one thing, Emma. In potting soils and potting mixes in containers, which is a peat-based or a core-based uh, material, if that dries out, it shrinks and it shrinks away from the sides of the pot. So we, we dump a whole bunch of water in and the water races down past the root ball and out the drainage hole and we think, oh, I've done a good job watering, it's pouring out the bottom. But actually that whole root ball is actually still dry. So if that's happened to you, get out a fork, get out something, break up that root ball on the surface a little bit, the soil, and slowly add water and slowly add water until it starts to actually truly get penetrate into that that root ball. Because that yeah. it's hard. Those container mixes can be very hard to get wet sometimes, and don't you find? Margaret, I should say too that we've had blossom end rot in the past a lot. And what completely solved it for us was getting containers with a reservoir at the bottom. Mm. Because then there's no uh, wet, dry, wet, dry, which is what 
makes it hard mm. for the plant to take up the calcium. So think about uh, the water and then you can get a feed with more calcium in case it's the problem that there's not enough calcium in your soil. Some of the tomato feeds that are out there mm. have a high level of calcium just for that problem. But the, uh, What about bone meal? Someone had mentioned that and I, I didn't. Bone meal is phosphorus. It's ground up bones. And you're right. There is some calcium in there. Bone meal is a very slow uh, way of providing those minerals to the plants. Nothing wrong with it. I, I would definitely use it, particularly in the ground where there's going to be a faster breakdown of the, the bone meal. Remember, if your, your container soils come out of a bag and they're completely sterile, completely inert, there's no life in those soils at all. Uh, you know, normally when I used to have good luck, mm-hmm. I always, we live in an area that we you can go down as deep as you want and it's nothing but topsoil. Nice. It was all fruit land at one time. Mm-hmm. I used to take some of the soil right out of my garden that is on the ground and mix it in with my potting mix. And I never had problems with my tomatoes. There There you go. With the size container you said you're using this year, 24 by 24, you could do that again. Um, Obviously not now, but maybe next spring is take about a third of that potting soil out and then mix up some of that gorgeous earth that you've got access to in the St. Catharines area. Lucky Here I thought you. I was doing something wise, but I, you know, when I was doing it, I thought, oh, I like my good soil. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you are. Thank you. You're very welcome. We didn't actually ask you, Margaret, but you, you have been fertilizing, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Every, uh, but we can, well, now it's every week. At first it was just every two weeks. All right. And that's with a tomato fertilizer or a flowering plant fertilizer? Yes. It's okay. Miracle Girl. Okay. Or should work. All right. Get it. Just sounds like exactly what Emma said. It's just it's a water issue. Get okay. that water going. And you know, I wanted to something. I wanted to know too. Like there, right after I watered it a few times, I thought, should I lay off the water because the plant was just hanging, like hmm. it, it like I'd overwatered it. Well, if in doubt, you know what to do. Stick your finger down into that root yep. ball and see, is it moist down, you know, a couple inches or yep. is it just looking wet on the surface? I appreciate okay. it. Let us know how that works out. Thanks, Margaret. All right. Thank you very much for your help. All right. And we are going to go to Siva in about two seconds. But Emma, I want you to tell me a little bit about what's going, what you're doing this year in your garden. Because it was February when we last spoke and you had big plans for this growing season. Yeah. I think I've kind of gone crazy with all the things of planting. I've chosen a little bit of everything from the seed catalog. <laughs> I've got carrots and tons and tons of tomatoes, about 140 varieties this wow, year. Wow, 140? Yeah, Amazing. I have a little of everything. But I'm also experimenting. I'm growing golden sesame this year, which oh. I'm really excited about. What is that, golden sesame? Is that it's sesame seeds? like those sesame seeds oh. that you find on a hamburger bun. Wow. So I'm really excited about that. It's like a grain. Like, is that what is it grow like a yeah, grass? It's like a little, it doesn't grow like a grass. It grows a little seed pod oh, that had really long seed pod. Are you, are you there now? It. Have you got some seed pods it's on it? It started Ooh. flowering yesterday. So. <laughs> where, where would that originally be from? Would that be from the Middle East somewhere? It's grown in the Middle yeah. East. So uh, yeah. I don't know where it's from, originally. but I think it's grown there a lot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think of sesame because you're going to make some tahini. Yeah. Hummus. <laughs> Nice. I like that. I've never known anybody to grow sesame. So now yeah. I can say I've met somebody. I've never grown it either. No, yeah, exactly. Very exotic. What else you got going on that's super exciting? Straw bale gardens. Tell yes. us a little bit about your straw bale gardens. So we have this really long driveway and we couldn't grow anything on it, but we just, we, then we discovered straw bale gardening and it's from this amazing guy, Craig Lahulier, who is the, like the, 
tomato guru of North Carolina, and he's done a lot of amazing work with tomatoes, but he grows almost all of them in straw bales on his driveway. And hmm. so we talked to him on our radio show, and we went home, and we just ordered a ton of straw bales, and we planted in them on our driveway. And basically what you do is you set them uh, where you want to plant them, and you condition them. So right. basically you get them starting to decompose over a course of two to four weeks. So what do you, toss a little manure and water? Yeah, you on? add some high-nitrogen mm-hmm. fertilizer to get it breaking down, lots of water almost every day. Mm. And then over that course, it'll heat up really high, and then it'll cool down, and then you can plant in them. So even with this cool, wet spring we had, how, do, did that delay your, your planting date by a few weeks, I imagine? It did, yeah. yeah but did. our straw bale, everything in the straw bale is looking pretty good. I bet. Because it's decomposing and feeding. Is it just tomatoes in your straw bales? Or? We had most all tomatoes planted. We had about 40 straw bales, I think, this year. That There's two tomatoes in each. Okay. But then we decide that we throw in a couple basil plants from the side oh, of the straw bales like and some yeah. nasturtium plants and yeah, bean plants. Yeah, pretty. So, it's kind of a forest of everything. <laughs> now, Emma, you recently published a book, and I don't have it with me. It's called Gardening with Emma. I don't have it with me because my daughter took it away from me and <laughs> keeps it handy because she uses it all the time. So it's a great book, and I highly, highly recommend good photos, good ideas, right? you got all kinds of... Are we working on another book by any chance? I'm not. I'm kind of trying to get all the photos and information, just playing with my garden this year, yeah. enjoying it. Is your dad? sneaking around taking pictures of you you think he is he always shows up he's like can i get a photo of you with that yeah. actually we're doing kids videos uh, oh yeah from yeah. dirt to dishes is emma's youtube channel with a friend oh good and she does kids gardening videos so uh, i'll drag her out early in the morning and say okay it's perfect time light to film. The, light the light is good, is good. Yeah. let's yeah. go film get videos yeah. <laughs> wonderful so from dirt to dishes is the youtube video um youtube uh Channel. Channel, thank yeah, you. that's right. And you mentioned your radio show, it's called Garage Gardeners. Yeah. And is that on the web, I assume? Yeah, it's an internet radio show. Excellent. And you broadcast live, but then it's, is it, people could podcast it yeah, as well, so right? we broadcast live, but yeah. then we put it up as a podcast on stephenbiggs.ca. There you go. So uh, people can, and we have a fig segment in every show, and Emma has a tomato segment in every show. Uh, and lemons, and tro- any of the odd tropicals. It's all about pushing boundaries. Yeah. So whatever... Wherever people are doing something they're not supposed to do, that's what we go for. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, speaking of people doing things that they shouldn't be doing, let's see what Siva's doing. She's here in Toronto and sounds like she's growing tomatoes. Good morning, Siva. Good morning. My tomato plants are lovely. I wish I could eat the leaves. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I know. I know. But my problem is they're hiding the tomatoes from the sun and I want to know if I can go in there and maybe cut some of the leaves in half. Uh, Emma, what do you think? Yeah, well, the main thing I think about when I think of there being a lot of leaves is not enough airflow and diseases. And so I've been going in and pruning off some of the bottom leaves for my tomatoes just to get airflow for disease. Okay. But in the case of the sun getting to the tomatoes, I don't know if the sun's need, if the tomatoes need too much sun to ripen, but I know that they can get sunburnt. And so you right. don't want full sun on those tomatoes. Or oh. radical. You don't want to oh. suddenly expose yeah. from under a leaf to outside in the heart. Cause I've done that too. Scalded yeah, tomatoes. I've done that. 
So, but, but it's not a bad idea to do some thinning of the leaves. Yes. I wouldn't cut leaves in half per se, but I would go in and I would remove some leaves, but don't suddenly expose the tomatoes. Leave a little bit of, of foliage around them, but okay. you can certainly I, thin. I, I thought they needed the sun, you know? It I, speeds up. It'll speed up the ripening if yeah, they're getting sun. Yeah, but they're lovely. I, I, I use too much milk. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The famous uh, <laughs> recipe. Yes, you... yes. They're really lovely. Okay. Oh, there you go. Well, thank thanks. you very thanks, much. Thanks, Siva. Okay. okay. You're probably wondering what that means, right? Milk powder? Well, we have a, a, a fan of the show, and I'm sorry, I'm just looking for my recipe, because this is from like last year. It's so funny. Um, Warner, one of our listeners from Tilsonburg, he called and said what he does and he gets the best tomatoes in the world and these are tomatoes in the ground. Um, he takes water bottles, cuts the bottom off the water bottle, uh, inserts the neck of the water bottle at each of his tomato plants. Mm -hmm. Then once a week, he puts two teaspoons of um, skim milk powder. There's your calcium. One teaspoon of Epsom salt, and then he fills the water bottle up with water and walks away. So each of his plants gets the uh, Epsom salts, which is magnesium sulfate, uh -huh. and the skim milk powder for the calcium. Lots of water, and he says he has amazing tomatoes. Wow. Wow. You want to try that now. Yeah. That'd be cool. It'd be interesting to try it. We've certainly had a lot of people, you can hear Siva's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> people like that recipe. All right. Uh, enough chitter-chatter. Time to talk to Zareda. She's calling from Aurelia. Good morning, Zareda. Aurora. Aurelia, right? Aurora. Aurora. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry. You're welcome. Welcome from, from Aurora. What's going Thank on at your you. place? I have been un inundated with scrabgrass, mm. and I want to know what to do about it. Hmm. At this time of year, you can't do a lot about it other than pull it. Yeah, is oh, it in the garden? Is it in the patio? Is it in where in your lawn or where in is my it? lawn? It's taking over my lawn. You sure it's crabgrass? Yeah, because they're little clumps, right? They they do pull quite easily. Particularly, how, did you get rain yesterday? Yes, we did. We oh, had a ton of rain. So did we. It was great. It was totally yeah. perfect. I planted sod, and then it started to rain. It was the best. Um, you know what? Today, if you can, just designate your day for pulling crabgrass. It will come out so easily with the soil so moist now. I um, know, I know, but um, it's just too much to pull. Yeah. Well, okay, so what you need to know is that crabgrass will die this winter. It will not survive the winter. Okay. It, but before it dies in the winter, each of those plants can produce up to 60,000 seeds. I know. And they will go all over the rest of your lawn and be ready to grow next spring. Mm -hmm. Live with the crabgrass for now, but put on your calendar next spring, you're going to go to the store, you're going to buy some fertilizer, which is going to be, to be provided to you with corn gluten. And the mm -hmm. corn gluten is going to keep all those thousands of seeds from germinating if you use it early enough in the spring. Now, I do have a company that comes in and they put on grass seeds and the corn gluten. Mm -hmm. And the corn gluten, I don't know if they put on too much or too little, but it's killed all of my lawn grass. Oh. <laughs> well, then I'd be looking at another company, maybe. Like, you know, when people are paying for a lawn care company, wouldn't you think you'd have a great lawn? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing, you know, you're a hobby gardener, you're not really sure how to have a great lawn, but the, the company should be professionals. They should know what they're doing. I uh, hope so. Well, it doesn't sound like it. So what I would do is I'd go to Landscape Ontario website. Mm -hmm. So it's landscapeontario.com. There's a 
tab at the top that says services, go to services, choose lawn care, put in your postal code. Mm -hmm. It will come, it will make you recommendations for members of Landscape Ontario that are lawn care professionals and give a call, get a couple different companies come in, Mm -hmm. give you their analysis, give you their quotes and consider hiring somebody who will do a better job than killing your lawn, your good grasses and Mm -hmm. encouraging the crab grasses. That's my suggestion. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. I've got great guests. It's easy to keep up the good work when you got great guests. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, All right. Let's uh, take a quick break right now, and then we'll be right back to speak with Jack, who's calling us from Welland. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, we're back. And remember, I've got Stephen and Emma Biggs with me. Both of these people have huge expertise when it comes to horticulture. Emma is, well, both of you are published authors, obviously. Mm -hmm. Tell us the books you've written, Stephen. I've written Noka Vegetable Gardening, Mm -hmm. which I wrote with somebody from the West Coast. So we Mm -hmm. give a pan-Canadian view on (laughs) vegetable gardening. True. And um, I've had the most fun with my book, Grow Figs Where You Think You Can't, which is all about growing figs in cold climates. Mm -hmm. Now, I just followed it up with Grow Lemons Where You Think You Can't. So I've had so much fun pushing boundaries and growing lemons and figs in my backyard here in Toronto. Nice. Thank you. And Emma, you are the published author of... Gardening with Emma. Gardening with Emma. It's a book for kids about gardening and covers aspects from bugs to flowers to vegetables. To having fun. Yeah. Just ideas to get kids outside and into the garden. And you're a kid yourself. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 14. <laughs> what grade are you going into? Going into grade nine. High Ooh, school. baby. High school is right. This is a big change. Yeah. So you're going to Earl Heg, I guess. No, I'm oh, going you're not... to Northview Heights, which is uh, one on the other side. side. Right, yeah. right, right. Good for you. Well, congratulations. Let's see what Jack's got to say in Welland. Good morning, Jack. Um, I'd like some information on daisies. Mm-hmm. And this one here is a Daisy May. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the, the sticker says to encourage more growth is cut them right back and new growth will come back up flowers. Mm. And uh, now they're all in, uh, they're, all the flowers are kind of dying off right. now. Right. And uh, so how far do I cut them back so I can encourage more growth? I cut, well, yeah. I, my perennial daisies, I cut the flower back, maybe the, the stalk half. A third anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and they'll send out shoots from the side with more flowers. So the, the deadheading, the removing those dead flowers will yeah. will really get you a lot more blooms. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. don't take, leave the leaves alone, but it's those flower stems you want to be cutting back. That's the flower, just the flower stem. Yeah, yeah. and like Stephen said, deadheading will get you lots more blooms, and that's true with so many of the perennials and annuals, the flowers, right? Removing the dead flowers will give us more. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. And let's see what Marion has to say. She's calling us from Etobicoke. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. I have a real mystery. Every year I put in a few potatoes in my small garden just for fun, and I get the proper potato seedling. Mm -hmm. This year I put them at the side of our garage, and they're up. Past the eaves troughs. They're seven feet tall. Oh, wow. Wow is right. Still blooming, and I mean, I understand until after the blooms are spent and the leaves start to go, you, yeah. you can't 
you know, even look at them. What? I mean, these are monsters. Our kids are saying growing jack in the Exactly. Beans, Potatoes on steroids. Oh, my goodness. So... Any idea why? Well, but, what you did know, you this, do? So, I don't know about the potatoes, Mary, but my neighbors who grow all sorts of hostas and leafy things said to me, Steve, this is the most amazing yeah. year we've ever yeah. had because we had so much moisture in the spring. <laughs> so it, oh. it makes me wonder if it's it's got something to do with that. Exactly. Like, um, I was reading some Facebook posts last night and it, we're kind of calling this the year of hy- the hydrangea yes. because the hydrangeas, hydra, loves water, are absolutely magnificent this this summer i mean they're just they're huge they're yeah i mean i've got one in the front of my house it's almost covered the window you know like it's that tall so yes uh generally these are plants that are three to four feet tall and yet this year we're five and six feet tall well i'll tell you what i'll call back after i dig them up in the fall and see if there's monsters or nothing yeah hopefully there are take pictures i'd love to know what the harvest is i'm gonna do that today i'll do that all right good stuff let us know what's going on there marion right oh bye-bye bye-bye that's great i love it um okay Pruning. Lorraine is calling again. See, this is the thing about this show. We say call early, call often, one question per caller. So Lorraine, who was our first caller at the top of the hour, knows the mantra, and she has called back again. Good. Welcome back again. Hi. Hi, Lorraine. I have a kind of mystery to you. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's just come up. And I, I mean, it's, it's been about two years now. It's either a mulberry or um, a sassafras. It's got leaves that are irregular, like some look like oak leaves. Some look like a mitten with a thumb, and some mm. are just kind of in between. Ah. The mitten with a thumb sounds like sassafras, but yeah. Yeah, the yes. mitten with a thumb okay, sounds like sassafras. Thought. I've but never... Anyway, I would like to trim some of the lower branches. Mm-hmm. And is this a what time is a good time to do that? To, well, as I said to um, Nancy when she called about her Japanese maple, it, you can do light trimming at this time of year. You can always remove deadwood at any time of year. But to do anything really radical, like taking off full limbs, for example, I would wait until the weather's cooled off. Wait till September. Okay. Do, will, will it bleed? Like, will it no. run out if I do it now? No, it's just... It's the heat. It's very... The plants really suffer... Just like they go to sleep in the cold, they okay. want to go to sleep in the heat. They okay. really don't like extremes. Plants okay. like the temperate world, not the extreme world. So okay. the These heat is stressful. They're only about half an inch big. The the branches? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, that probably, you know, to take off one or two of those probably is not a big deal at this time of year. Uh, make sure it's a dry day, though. No pruning when it's wet. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, you're welcome. Sassafras is cool. That's a yeah, neat I haven't seen sassafras here in Toronto, so uh, I have seen it around High, uh, High Park. Okay. Yeah, and that in that whole Grenadier Pond area. Uh, I remember going on a garden tour years ago, and there was a bunch of them in some of the sort of ravine areas. It's very, very cool. But Lorraine was calling from Cambridge, so she's a little milder yes. too, potentially. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, our last break, and then we'll be right back. Remember, I've got Emma and Stephen Biggs here. Emma is the vegetable queen. She knows everything you'd ever want to know. So if you've got any questions, call right now, and that's 416 360 0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And look, we've got Jenny on the line calling from St. Catharines, and she's got a question about tomatoes. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to tell Emma, she's a gardening expert, but when I worked years ago with an old Italian gentleman, he used to save eggshells. Mm. So I've been doing that for 40 years, and well, and every year when I put my vegetables in, I put, a hand, like, not a handful, but like a tablespoon or a teaspoon of um, crushed eggshells, mm-hmm. and I've never had, I one year I had bottom rot, and that's mm-hmm. when he told me, but it was the calcium. Yeah. Yeah, where your buddy does that. the. Uh, if I had the money, I'd go buy the uh, the milk powder. But I'm on a pension, so yeah. money's tight. But the eggshells work wonders. Eggshells are amazing. It's a completely organic source of calcium. And not only do I do that, I I crumble it around my lettuces to keep the slugs off. Yeah, yeah, it's a grit. It acts like grit. I also, even I have enough. I cheat. I even throw them in when I do my peppers. So I've never had any problem with bottom rot on peppers or tomatoes. Excellent suggestion. But I'm 64 years old. I grew up on a farm, so... I know. What's... I was going to ask if they were from St. Catharines, because I used to know Emma Biggs, but when I started realizing, she'd be in her 30s now, so right. I guess it's not the same not family. Same. You've got f- yeah. family in St. Catharines? There's no family that I know of in St. Catharines. No. Well, it, it's funny, because the father was also Stephen Biggs, and hey, he was my daughter's soccer coach. That's uh, hilarious. So when I heard that, I thought, Whoa, oh my God. I know these people. <laughs> well, I thought... I did, you know. But just to say, I realized it wasn't the same family when I heard how old Emma was, but I thought, awesome. What did you say your book was called, Honey, for Children? I've got a two-year-old granddaughter who loves to help Grandma in the garden. And she's always digging, and she says it's she loves to play in the dirt. Oh, there you go. So, Emma, we'll tell you what it's called, and you should definitely get a copy for your grandchild. Victoria's only two, but every day she's out there helping Grandma in the garden. So Perfect. It's awesome. Go ahead, Emma. What's it called? It's called Gardening with Emma. And it's available? You can get it online at online books, and most booksellers have it, and online retailers should have it as well. Yeah. And Jenny, I, I should tell you too that the the project that is my favorite in that book that my boys love there's a bug vacuum in there yeah, and uh, my boys love bugs and it is so much fun and so easy to make yeah well i handed her a worm the other day and she didn't know what it was <laughs> and she looked at me like what the heck is this thing crawling on my hand what are you giving me for you for seconds, exposing her to bugs well i i, I grew up on a farm and i i did the best i could with my kids because i was a single mom but then when it came to where I'm living now, I decided to put a vegetable garden in. Holy smokes, I dug that area for hours. Yeah, and I've got stuff. two garbage cans full of manure and uh, oh, excellent. <laughs> rotted straw in there, but yeah. it's coming up. So Perfect. Thanks, Jenny. Appreciate the, the suggestion for eggshells. And as pointed out, it's a completely organic source of calcium, a little bit slow to release. So the synthetic, of course, the miracle Grow is going to be calcium available immediately. Eggshells are going to take a, a number of hours of not weeks or days to to actually be available. Good idea. All right, thanks, Jenny. Appreciate appreciate the thought. Let's um, see if we have time to speak with Stella. She's calling from Mississauga. Good morning, Stella. Good morning. Um, I think I had my uh, my uh, question answered by the lady before this one about uh, I have uh, fourteen cedar trees mm-hmm. and I and I uh, trim them every year 
and they're kind of global. They're about 20 feet high. Mm. And I was just wondering whether this is the time to trim them or is it too hot? To too hot. Too hot. No, the best time to trim cedars is when they're actively growing. And that was a month ago or more. Uh, well, or yeah, about a month ago, June. Usually mid, depends on the spring, but usually mid-June is the time to prune any of your evergreens. When they're actively growing, you can see the new growth. It's bright colors, different than the older growth. That's when you get out your pruners because that is when the, the plant will respond like respond by growing more, but also cover those, those uh, pruning cuts and also not suffer because it's usually not so hot. So right. I shouldn't trim them this year? Uh, wait till September. You can trim then. Uh, but remember, whatever cuts you make will be exposed for the winter. So you, you won't have that growth to cover the, the blunt, um, you know, cut oh, wounds. That's why. It doesn't so, look as nice. It doesn't look as nice. Exactly. Yeah. It can be done. It just doesn't look as nice. And next spring, it'll cover over when it grows. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for calling. Um, I wanted you to tell me, Emma, where is it next week? You're off to North Carolina. Yeah, next Thursday, I think it is. All right, where are you going? We're going to a tomato tasting event held what? down there, and I'm really excited. How, so what's a tomato tasting? Like you're driving, what, you know, 16 hours to taste some tomatoes exactly. when you've got 100 and some odd varieties in your own backyard? Yeah, well, it's held by <laughs> Brie Arthur, who we had on our radio show, and she's kind of a tomato guru. She loves tomatoes, and so I'm really excited to try some tomatoes that she's growing and then just meet her and a whole bunch of other people there. Tomato crazy people like you. And so tomato holics. Think of a wine tasting where people yeah. are tasting them and Except describing better. the flavors. A tomato tasting, it, it's a, a table full of all these different tomatoes, different colors, shapes, yeah, sizes, yeah. and you work your way around the room. And you make little and notes. And you make notes and... Uh, Air, the, both the aroma or the the texture or the uh, yeah instant flavor aftertaste all that sort of stuff little yeah. crackers in between maybe yes <laughs> yeah cleanse the palate exactly <laughs> <laughs> wow so I wonder how many uh, varieties will be available in this uh, tasting I'm not sure no. we'll find out Emma, I think that there's quite a few though Emma you did a tasting one year did we have thirty varieties you picked yeah one year we had some family friends coming over and so we just went out to the garden picked all the ripe ones set them out on labeled paper plates and walked around the table and, and had people few. rate them so that you had you know favorites and that sort of thing yeah we were all we had a lot of fun talking about which ones we liked and we didn't love as much and the colors and the shapes and the sizes smart good stuff thank you thank you both of you for coming have a ton of fun in North Carolina and enjoy thank obviously you. the rest of the gardening season there's still a lot of time left. And I really appreciate you coming. We'll uh, be right back next week to do the garden show again. Not sure who I'll have sitting here instead of Frank, but I'll be here for sure. See you all then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.